The Down Below podcast was our last best hope to analyze. We failed. But in the year of the spoiler war, it became something greater. Our last best hope for answers. The year is 2015. The show, down below. Well, hello again, everyone, and welcome to Down Below, a Babylon 5 intro cast. I'm Will. I'm Heidi. And I'm Elizabeth. Unfortunately, Ian can't be with us again this week. Hopefully, he'll be back soon. Yes. But this week, we are joined by a return visitor to Down Below. It's Brian. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. (laughs) Uh, I don't know about good, but it is morning. (laughs) Hello. Hi. So you chose this episode, didn't you, Brian? I, I actually, I did. And I think you made the comment uh, at the end of last season, you can tell who's people's favorite characters by the episodes they choose. And yeah. it's starting to become obvious that Jakar is my favorite. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good choice. Uh, today, we are here to discuss episode... What is this? Five? Six. Uh, this is six. Six. Okay, episode six of season three, Dust to Dust. But first, here's an ISN special report. This is an ISN special report. All of a sudden, there has been a sharp increase in dust-related crimes. Dust is an illegal substance that gives users telepathic abilities, allowing them to see the events of another person's life. Psycor has taken the lead in investigating dust-related crimes. This has been an ISN special report. Any writer will likely tell you, getting published is much harder than the writing itself. Who do I approach? How do I query? What should I put into my query? All valid questions and ones not always easily answered. On Get Published, I get you those answers. Authors, agents, and publishers talk about what works and what doesn't. Get Published is available on iTunes or on GetPublishedPodcast.com. Dust to Dust originally aired February 6, 1996. It was directed by David J. Eagle, who last directed A Day in the Strife, and written by JMS. A Day in the Strife, that was only like, Two episodes ago, right? Yeah, something like that. This might be his last episode, I'm not sure. Oh, okay. So let's start with the recap. The uh, episode begins with a Night Watch guy harassing a shopkeeper about a sign about Clark assassinating Santiago. Sheridan comes and puts it into it. Apparently there are a lot of incidents like this happening recently. He says the next person who does it is going to be in trouble. Yeah, I mean, this isn't really different, much different, right, than kind of what they've been doing. Um, Because weren't they reporting people before, like shopkeepers and stuff? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. they've just been given more authority now, it seems. Yeah. The shopkeeper said something about a boon meeting. I meant to look up what that was. Probably something to do with World War II, I bet. Isn't that a union thing? I can't even remember. 
I don't think so. I don't know. Well, it sounded Nazi-ish to me, but I'll look it up. <laughs> I'm Googling it right now. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> uh, it says, well, this was a, a, a German-American boond. Uh, American Nazi organization established in 1936 to succeed Friends of New Germany uh, was was to consist only of American citizens of German descent. Its main goal was to promote a favorable view of Nazi Germany. Oh, <laughs> they weren't too successful. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard of them. Interesting. So in security, Garibaldi has Ivanova's favorite person on Gold Channel 3, Bester. <laughs> Bester is like a disembodied, humongous face. <laughs> <laughs> that was so weird. It was like his head was actually in the box. Yeah, it's like somebody that doesn't know technology, and they're like right up the camera. <laughs> yeah, right up there, right. Can you see me? Skype. Can you see me? Is this thing, <laughs> is this thing on? So he's coming to Babylon 5 to look for somebody who's very dangerous and he wants everybody to get ready for him. And Garibaldi thinks it's just another cover to come, you know, snooping around and everything. But we see that elsewhere, this guy's acting crazy. <laughs> he's yelling for everybody to make it stop. And it's like he's got some kind of super strength. <laughs> he just rips those pipes open. <laughs> yeah, he was totally the Incredible Hulk. <laughs> it was. Except I he was like... actually grow. You guys on your podcast kept saying, is this PCP? (laughs) PCP with little added uh, benefit of being able to read minds. (laughs) But thankfully it wasn't like another one of those ones where the guy is infected from the alien from another planet, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. It did that already. Yeah. Now we're doing... I saw that this actor was in a movie called The Black Rose. It's oh, <laughs> if it's all connected. It is all connected. <laughs> Way over the top the whole time. <laughs> yeah, <What? he> was. <laughs> Maybe tweakers are really like that. It, it felt like it was his very first acting gig, and right, you know, he's going to shine no matter what. <laughs> <laughs> he was going to get his moment. <laughs> After the closing uh, opening credits, <laughs> they're having a war council meeting. They explain to Delin who um, Bester is and what he's all about. She hasn't had the pleasure of meeting him yet. <laughs> Which I was, I was actually kind of surprised. I couldn't think of a time when she had met him, but it was strange that she hadn't. Yeah. Yeah, or really even knew much about him at all. Yeah. I think the Psychops like working from within the shadows, too. So if it came on, it wasn't working like, with you know, the shadows. You say, oh not yeah, yeah. No, in the shadows, in the <laughs> shadows. So he's not tipping off the other ambassadors every time he shows up. So yeah, it makes sense. They they are afraid that he'll find out all the stuff they're up to. So they have two options: they get caught and turned in, or they kill Bester. That's a good. And that's what he bought. Yeah, please option B. Option B. <laughs> I'm just wounded a little. Franklin's not in favor of killing him either as Sheridan. For for once, Come Franklin's well on. stands here. <laughs> <laughs> and Franklin is here this week. He wasn't here the last week. That's the meeting. Yeah. He has people to he has people to work on later. That's the that's why he's there. Yeah. Yeah, medical medical stuff. He's not too cranky when he's in the war council meeting, but when he's just around his people. 
That's when he lets it all out. Yeah. He's trying to hide it around Garibaldi. Yeah. Dylan says she has an alternative, but it's a little risky. I'm getting tired of her cryptic, like, solutions. Well, she's been around Kosh too long. Yeah, I guess so. After this, beer's back. Yay! <laughs> I was it wasn't so really gone that I, long. You guys completely had me convinced that I would never see him again. Because you were well, like, I guess an actor was going to do something else. <laughs> I guess in, it's been longer in, you know... TV airing time has probably been a couple months at least. Yeah, because we had a break in between episode four and five, like it went through the new year. Yeah. Okay. He's been enjoying his time on Ben Bar. Lando tells him not to wear those Ben Bari clothes on the station. Yeah, they're not very flattering. <laughs> <laughs> That's my reason. He looks like yeah. a guy that just got back from Hawaiian vacation and he's gonna <laughs> yeah. totally Nobody to wants rock to that see shirt your Hawaiian shirt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Beer's talking about men bars. Everybody's really friendly except that warrior cast. They don't seem to like foreigners. Yeah, but that's like a third of the population. Actually, we don't really know. We don't know how they actually... The distribution, yeah. 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 I wonder if he met uh, if he met up with Sinclair. I'd like to think uh, so. I do, too. They're probably hanging out. And... Yeah, they're chilling. <laughs> Next, Franklin is examining that guy from earlier, the crazy guy, and they bring in somebody else. Thank may... God, Franklin. Why are you handling their head so hard? It's <laughs> <laughs> like he was grabbing it, turning it. I don't think that's, that's very helpful. He's going to kill the guy. <laughs> that's modern medicine. They just put him out of their misery. <laughs> Says something about a mountain falling on her a while back. Yeah, I did not. Obviously, we were talking a lot. I did not get this at the first time like what what the connection was so i guess what happened was he saw her whole life history and she basically passed out like uh, she's traumatized sure yeah from it okay that's what i take away from it at least because they were talking about how people some people like don't it's basically like getting mind raped and you have, there's a recovery time uh, when, if that happens to you, and then if it if you're a psi and that happens to you, then you might not recover or something like that. Well, and if you think about it, a, a person with psi is going to go through the psi core, and they're going to be educated at how to scan someone and how to you know appropriately do it. And and these guys are just going nuts in someone else's head, and it's probably damaging them there. But I wonder why it hurts the size more when they do it. It's just probably like a yeah. But it's interesting to hear that they say that um, almost all humans have latent telepathic abilities. Yeah. That's, but I don't quite get that, but it's interesting anyway. So it's okay, kind I, of like a recessive gene in pretty much the whole human population, I guess, is how I would think of it. Okay. Me too, yeah. Uh, so Franklin wants her examined, wants him checked out for dust and... He's cranky. He apologizes to his A for barking her earlier. This is the same tech we saw in Convictions. I think she was in an Angel episode. She was in Angel? Well, she was in an Angel episode. I think it was called Billy. Oh, oh. Yeah, we talked about her before. That's right. Couldn't remember if we did or not. Yeah, Yeah, thankfully we didn't have to see him, like, taking stems or anything. Yeah. We just see the effects of them. Or the not taking them, I guess. I don't know. Is he Henri when he's taking them or when he's not taking them? Probably when he's not taking them. Yeah, when he needs some. That's right. I just think he's not the best co-worker on Earth. <laughs> well, yeah. 
Yeah. And he's sort of everybody's boss, too, which makes it even worse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's a doctor. <laughs> Sorry, doctor. We're the Storm. anti-doctor podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were talking about doctors. And oh, yeah, right. that's what it was. <laughs> Sorry. I'm mixing up my Will podcast. <laughs> that's okay. We're not anti-doctor the doctor, though. Yeah, we like that doctor. <laughs> Bester is arriving, and Ivanova clears the command deck saying she has to do some maintenance routine. She's talking to herself. <laughs> yeah, that was, so she, that was a little strange. She's a reason. Yeah. She says she knows his kind better than anyone else, and she wants to blow off his ship, and she's about to do it, but Sheridan stops her before she, uh, she belays the command and tells her she needs to fight them without becoming one of them. I was surprised that the... Uh the command, like his overriding worked. I mean, that was like after she said fire. So that was pretty yeah, lucky. It's not very good that they have a three second delay on all their guns. I think <laughs> <laughs> at least yes, for this scenario, it was oh, very true. Be <laughs> sure. It was I, I, interesting. That she's actually going to go through with it. I, I was kind of surprised. Mm-hmm. I was too, but I think it shows how much Ivanova cares about Sheridan and Garibaldi and all them too. And mm-hmm. she's willing to do anything to protect them. And as you could tell from the commentary, we were totally rooting her on. Go for it! Please do it! <laughs> sort of really been the point of no return season title. <laughs> but it was like, if she had killed him, it's, it's like, if they did an investigation, it's like, they would have known that she mysteriously cleared the command deck oh, right yeah. before. Yeah, the, there wouldn't have been any getting out of it. Yeah. No. Um, so Bester gets to the stage. She wants to know what was going on because he was hit by a sudden sense of danger. That is a Which weird, was weird. Yeah. So that's just a weird talent to have. I guess it's sort of like how people sort of have premonitions about, you know, things like you. Um, just feel like something's going to happen, you know? So right. I guess you can sort of put it with that and he would have that talent as well. Yeah, it's glad- interesting. Go ahead. Sorry. I'm glad it's just that talent. It's not that he can sense everyone's thoughts or and whatnot. They didn't give him superpowers in a lot of ways. Yeah. He's not Talia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't become. Thank goodness. Um... Yeah, so he's taken to the captain and everybody, and they're surrounded by Minbari telepaths. Very serious ones. <laughs> yeah, they were. So they are there to stop Bester from reading their thoughts. Uh, they're tall, they're kind of mad at him. He claims not to have known about that program that Talia was a part of, but they learned a lot when she was dissected <laughs> or examined. Yes. <laughs> no. <laughs> So I guess these telepaths were like on the station. I mean, it must be to have them get there so fast. Oh, yeah, they're yeah. probably yeah, already there. Oh, I want to see got, them. Well, I got a question for you because you might know. Yes. Usually JMS is pretty good about leaving the door open. Was he fighting with the actress of Talia so bad that, that he wrote that line? or? I don't know. I think uh, uh, some guest was saying that. See, I don't know about this. But I think he was saying that she was coming, asking for a bigger role, and also Jerry Doyle was also coming in on her behalf, asking for more stuff. So maybe he just got tired of it and, you know, wanted to make sure she couldn't come back. Yeah. They still could have had her come back by saying that, you know, Bester was just 
trying to get a rise out of them and not you know. true. Yeah, they could have. But actually, I think they wrote this line specifically for Will. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> to, like visualize it and even though I wasn't watching the show at this point, they knew that one day <laughs> I would hate Talia. Oh yeah, he's trying to get a rise out of Garibaldi talking about Talia. But Ivanova stops him. So the deal is they want Bester to take the drug to suppress his abilities and eventually he agrees to it and he'll come back after the drug kicks in, but he thinks they should be gracious that he's there to save them. I'm surprised he wasn't more angry, I guess. Yeah. I don't know if he's really been like this before, just telling everybody, you should be thankful for me. I'm here protecting everybody. I think he's angry, but I also think he's used to this, that no one wants him around, and he's Aww, playing the game as much as... Yeah, well, I mean, that's, that's <laughs> his thought, is these mundanes hate him, they hate his people, and it just feels that in some ways. Natalia didn't like him. <laughs> hey, Will. Yeah? Are you recording? Yes. Okay. I just wanted to make sure because I'm not this week and I was like, uh, okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> I checked a few minutes ago, but then I had to check again when you said that. <laughs> so next, Delenn and Lanier are trying to mediate this meeting between the Centauri and the Drazi. Centauri invaded the Drazi lands and Londo's being a jerk. He's making unreasonable demands, even threatens the Drazi to do the same thing they did to the Narn. Yeah, that was uncalled for. Yeah. I like the Drawsy. I don't know <laughs> what it is. <laughs> now that you can recognize Now that I know who they are. Yeah. yeah. I like their way of speaking, I guess. And the guy that kind of always plays the Drawsy guy. Yeah, same Drawsy guy. <laughs> <laughs> so Lando leaves and Lanier and Dylan are having a conversation with Beer. Beer thanks him for his assignment. Well, he said that he... Um, doesn't ever want to leave Minbar. I like the look that Delenn gave to Lanier. She had the smile on her face. Cool. Veer thinks that Londo could benefit from a trip to Minbar, and Lanier disagrees. He thinks it might be too late for Londo. But Veer does kind of stick up for Londo. Yeah, I don't remember much about this scene. And next, Bester's explained to everybody that they've been pursuing the biggest manufacturers of dust. Now, this isn't the first time. They mentioned dust in the pilot, and I yeah. think, in another episode. Yeah. But I didn't really say much about it. No. But it, it activates the latent telepath gene and lets you commit sort of mind rape. You experience everything someone has, uh, the other person has experienced. He thinks one of these people has come to B5, and Franklin's like, yeah, we've had our first case of dust in six months. Bester thinks this guy might be selling it to governments. wants to know if... There's anybody who might be interested in buying weapons that can't be seen or traced. Well, exa- how exactly does this work as a weapon? Can somebody explain this to me? Well, I mean, you could, if you're a Narn and you're walking around the Centauri Palace pretending to be a servant or something like that, you can, you know, listen to all the thoughts. You can know where everything is. But wouldn't you um, be, like, seriously tweaking? Like, wouldn't it be obvious? Yeah, it looks like it now, but they hadn't tested <laughs> on a Narn, and so they didn't know. Their hope was that you'd just basically give you psi abilities and no one would know about it i think maybe you can build up a resistance to it over time and not tweak so much i don't know what i did love about sorry but what i didn't love about this was in season one they would have gone through each one of the ambassadors and investigated 
And now in season three, Sheridan and Garibaldi look at each other and they cut right to uh, Jakar, uh, you know, making the deal. So they don't waste that kind of time like they would have in the past. Yeah, that's true. They wasted time on other things. Yeah. <laughs> that long tweaking scene. I don't, I still don't quite get how this works as a weapon, though. I mean, I don't know. I mean, the human was completely obvious. I mean, he was like, going <laughs> insane. Um, on and Car got the super strength too. Yeah, he's always that strong. Maybe. <laughs> so we cut to Jakar, who's um, negotiating with Lindstrom, and the guy explains how it works, but warns that it was made for humans and it might not work on Narn. Narns. Jakar does explain that there were Narn telepaths once, but they were all exterminated. That's a new and that's new information. I think. I yeah, think that, that was. That was interesting. Jakar sends Lindstrom away. He warns that it could have unintended results and wants to know who Jakar is going to sucker into taking it. Jakar says it's none of his business. Like and myself. <laughs> so that was his intention all along? Um, I don't know. I, I think it was his intention to be the guinea pig. Yeah, um, that part, definitely. But I don't know if it was... I think he may have actually been... Plan to get more later to try to help out his people. Yeah. Somehow, in some mysterious way. But um, I wonder if it was his intention, though, to go and, like, read Londo's mind. Like, with his, with, with taking the drug. I wonder if that was his, in his head. Well, the judge thought so. <laughs> yeah, and that made her reasoning make sense, for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or maybe he got the idea after he got high. I don't know. <laughs> Those are all good ideas, once you're high. <laughs> <laughs> Bester's talking to Garibaldi. He says it's hard to get used to the silence. There's even, even when you aren't scanning anyone, there's always a little background hum. So it's been three days. Wait, no, three hours? Three hours. Three hours? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Man, if it takes three days for the drug to kick in. Yeah, that would be too long. <laughs> Garibaldi gives Bester some attitude, and Bester's saying he's just doing what he does to protect everyone. And the Psycor may be all there is to protect them. Next, we see Jakar's quarters, and they've been wrecked, and he's high. <laughs> Which the effect was not that great. <laughs> he decides to go after Londo, and he's in the tube, and everything looks weird. Yeah, in fact, it reminds me of something. I don't remember what it was. It was. Anyway, what? <laughs> it was back after college when I was experimenting with a lot of different things. Anyway. <laughs> well, tell us more. <laughs> I don't remember what it was, but it kind of looked like that. Everything kind of looked like oh, that. Oh, so maybe it was accurate. <laughs> uh, anyway, I just remember coming to one time when I was on my knees and didn't remember falling. Oh, anyway. man. <laughs> well, well, well. Don't do drugs, kids. <laughs> yeah, that's the moral of the story. That was a long. T- that was like ten years ago. Um, you know, I had friends that that did certain drugs like that, and it it affects your physicality. You know, it, they'd have back problems and stuff afterwards, and well, it's just not good stuff. Yeah, don't do it, people. Certain drugs may be okay. <laughs> <laughs> Mostly, no. Garibaldi and Bester are questioning this guy, and but Bester gets some info out of him using his smarts. His smarts. He makes him think that he's reading his mind, and we find out that some guy wanted a way to bring dust on the station, but 
this guy they're questioning, Ashy. Is that his name? Ashy? Sure. He, yeah. he said no. I feel like I recognize guy, that actor. Yes. Well, what else has he been in? He was in an episode of True Detective. He was in a bunch of episodes of Deadwood. Um, I can't remember what else. Who did he play but in True Detective? He was only in like one episode. Oh. I know. I can go to IMDb. Eureka. He's but pretty. Heidi and Elizabeth, you didn't really like the Garibaldi uh, Bester uh, team up, did you, that much? It seemed to no. go on forever when we were watching <laughs> it on the commentary. Yeah. I, well, and I think part of the problem is when you're talking over it, you're actually, you know, not getting much. So it was just kind of like, okay, they're just talking forever. Yeah. Um, it was a little better on the second watch, but yeah. I still wasn't incredibly interested. Like, I don't want to see this ever again. <laughs> yeah, agreed. See, I want to spin off of this and I can watch it all day. Because it's just oh. the worst buddy cop movie ever. <laughs> this is like, I mean, I was thinking of them as like Tango and Cash. Yeah. <laughs> Especially like later when it seems like they're like on their own, you know, holding up these this drug deal. It was like these people they don't like each other but they're paired together <laughs> and they're reckless oh <laughs> uh, he was in the big lebowski he was one of the thugs trying to collect the money i guess hmm. and time tracks he, the division, he was on numbers one time anyway he's a guest role kind of guy yeah so yeah they know that the guy is still on the station somewhere in the reg sector he's using the name morgan stern there's a shipment coming in soon. More dust. Boring. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Morgan Stern, Morgan Stern. Why have I heard that? No, it's Gilden, Gildenstern. It's from Hamlet, isn't it? Rosencrantz and Gildenstern. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> so Londo is looking over a report that Vera wrote. Londo thinks Vera is naive and doesn't think highly of them in Bari is like Vera does. Oh, this was rude. Yeah, so, so they get a ring at the door and Beer goes to answer and it's Hulk Jakar. <laughs> <laughs> Tosses Beer and goes after Londo. Yay. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Go Jakar. Let's make us hate Londo before he gets beat up. Well, yeah. It's been going yeah. on for a while. Yeah. <laughs> Bester and Garibaldi are waiting for that guy to show up for the uh, deal to go down. It's like it's like they're on a stakeout. <laughs> I thought it was interesting that Bester was saying he didn't want to annoy the Narn by going to straight to Jakar. Is that what he People said? Was, I missed that. Yeah. yeah. I wonder if that was truthful. I don't. <laughs> I don't think it was when we later yeah. learned his alternative motivation. Yeah. People show up to do their deal, and security jumps into action. They confiscate the dust and arrest Morgenstern or Lynch or whatever, and Bester says he hopes they got to it before anyone else got hurt. Oh, nice. <laughs> Sounds so sincere. So we see Londo is injured, and he sees that Jakar is in himself, and Jakar is reading Londo's mind. He sees when Londo's about to be sent to B5. Turns out his posting there was a joke because no one else wanted it, and Jakar laughs at this. Was this the first time we heard that? No, I feel like we knew that. Yeah, I feel like it wasn't that, that surprising. Uh, no, I think we maybe heard that it was kind of a joke. I don't know, but... I maybe, yeah, like maybe. We, 
I feel like we heard that, like maybe even just in a passing comment of Wando's or something, that um, that he was there because nobody else wanted to be or something like that. Yeah, I was this thinking was maybe first. it was one of the uh, Centauri that was like making fun of him or something. This is the first time we will we see it, right? And yeah. And then Jakar sees. Wait, that. I really wanted to like. Okay, if you could see their whole life, why couldn't we get like one little bit of Londo as a child? Did he have his <laughs> hair like that as a child? Did the, Baby did the children wear their hair like that? I want to know. It's Londo. We see Londo meeting with Morden after the whole Quadrant Thirty Seven incident. So now Jakar knows Londo was involved. That Londo said, "No, I'm not involved with those guys anymore." Carl wants to know who he is. I guess he doesn't remember that. I think he met Morton like very briefly once before. Well, Morton asked him what he wanted. What he wanted. Oh, yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he hasn't put it together yet. It's the same guy. But he threatens to rip the identity from Londo. And then we see a lot of flashes. Um, Jakar seeing Londo's dream and some other images from other incidents before a voice says, It is enough. And it's Jakar's father hanging from a tree, basically telling Jakar to end the animosity. Then walking around, it was a different guy walking around, I think. Was it or was it the same guy? Or was it the same guy? Uh, maybe it's the same guy. Yeah. Okay. Both races are dying. Jakar wonders, um, why is he hearing this now and where have you been? And the guy says, I've always been here and flies away. <laughs> <laughs> Sort of. <laughs> the image shrinks. Uh-huh. Jakar starts crying, and we see that Kosh has been standing there, and he walks off or so glides off. What? Was Kosh also doing the part of Londo's... I mean, Londo. Jakar's... Was it grandfather? His father. Father? father. Yeah. I think yeah. so. I think he did that whole thing. Oh. So he wants... <clears throat> okay. So this is interesting. So he's basically... Because he's basically saying you're going to have to, like, sacrifice yourself. I mean, that's that's what I'm getting out of this in some mysterious way that's going to help. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I, he's saying there has to be pawns in this battle, and either it's Jakar or the Narn have to be the pawns. It seemed like it was more... It seemed like he was more hinting at some future thing where he would, like, actually have to sacrifice himself or sac- sacrifice a part of himself. I wasn't. I guess I wasn't taking it as some kind of like overall vague thing. I thought maybe it was more hinting at something he would have to do in the future, like a specific event, right? Or just yeah. Hmm. And I wasn't you- totally sure that it was Kosh or or Jakara's own mind uh, with the with the father thing. I see. I have a few notes about this scene. I didn't read them all beforehand, so. Yeah, there's a sign behind Kosh that says, warning. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's, not, let's just put it right out there. <laughs> <laughs> so that montage scene with the flashing took was about 10, 12 seconds, but it took them hours to put it together. That was sure. nice. So did he, like, get everything from Londo's mind? Like, I feel like he pretty much saw all of it. He certainly got the images. I don't know how much yeah. he processes them or not, but yeah. Uh-huh. Well, he he must have at least understood enough to, I mean, it really messed him up. Yeah, that was a question, like, why did Kosh stop him and why did 
do it then. So, I, yeah, Jakar. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. I got a question for Heidi and Elizabeth. I mean, here we are, and we know Kosh has manipulated or discussed this stuff with Jakar. How do you guys feel about the Vorlons doing this at this point? We know now that you know they took the serum away from Deathwalker. They everyone saw a different angel at the end of season two, and now this with Jakar. I don't know if that has some thoughts for you guys or not. Uh, <laughs> um, being being a uh, religious person, I don't like to think this way, but in this universe, I think uh-huh. that basically they are the deity. That there is no actual overall almighty power. That it's them. And that they are manipulating everything the way that they want to. And, and uh, which... Like are, they said, the deity, are, they, are they the um, deity or are they taking advantage of the deity? I think they are the deity. I don't think that there is another. I think it's them. And... Being a religious person, I don't like <laughs> thinking this way because in a way you can take it as that's what a deity does anyway is like, you know, they have their uh, agenda, I guess, like it's their universe or whatever. <laughs> and so they're uh, behind everything, depending on what religion you are and all of that stuff. So, um, so yeah, I think that they are the deity that has just been around forever because obviously they're older than all of these races that uh that we're seeing but then there are the other old ones that don't seem to really like them so Mm -hmm. i find that interesting and i'm not sure exactly what i make of that as of yet maybe they don't like them because they're so meddlesome maybe (laughs) i don't trust the warlons no that was going to be my I don't next know. question. Yeah, yeah, I don't know what his intention is here, but I don't think it's pure to get uh, Jakar just to, to be a good Narn, you know? I think... I think maybe Londo needed to live, and, like, maybe in their overall whatever plan, they need Londo. And so... And I think they also need Jakar. I think they need the two of them for whatever reason. And... So they needed Jakar not to go completely crazy and lose his mind. Yeah. So they needed to like calm him down. But they also needed him not to kill Londo. And these are just my personal thoughts, but he picks the image of his dad hanging on the tree there. I think it's purely intentional to like cut him at the knees immediately, too. And I, you guys mentioned on your commentary, he kind of sounds childish. But I think that's the right call by the actor because... It throws him back into that moment when he, I think he was an adolescent when his father was hung from a tree and he saw him. And uh-huh. I, I think it puts him right back there. And, and that's done on purpose, if you ask me. Let's see what other notes did Jamma say? Oh, there was a question. Would Kosh rather sacrifice all the Narn than take direct action? And Jamma's like, in three years, exactly what have we seen the Vorlons do to help us? You know, you. They always let others do it. They manipulate it, but they still have yet to step up to the plate in other areas. We've seen them act one time, and that was with the immortality serum. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Person can be, since he oh, said he thinks the Narn can still sacrifice more. JMS said that. <laughs> and a person can be manipulative and still be sincere. Kosh believes he's right, and he's willing to manipulate people. Well, well, think of it this way. 
think of Harry Potter and Dumbledore. Like yeah. he was manipulating everyone the entire time. But I don't think of him as a bad guy. I mean, I think that he was doing it for the greater good. So Kosh is Dumbledore then. Kosh is Dumbledore. <laughs> <laughs> I expect a Dumbledore picture in the um in <laughs> But like but, uh, okay. please Richard Harris Dumbledore. Okay, well. Okay. <laughs> Richard Harris. <laughs> Heidi's trying to align there on her Dumbledore preferences. That's right. I I have a preference. <laughs> but the thing is, is like, I mean, yes, you know, being manipulative and I guess if you were on the side of whatever they believed in, it would be fine but with you. But if you're not, you know, you know, people shouldn't manipulate be based on their beliefs, you know, if it's just their beliefs and everything. So I don't know. I think your your interpretation of whether his actions are good or not a lot of times would depend on what side you're on and what you know whether you believe the same thing. Like in any circumstance. Sure, I, I'm a parent. I manipulate my kids all the time. Like I, <laughs> I get them to eat their carrots or you know something that's healthy for them or take a nap. Um, I don't think that makes me an evil person for doing that because it's in their better interest. <laughs> but did the Easter Bunny come to your house today? I, yeah, I can hear him upstairs <laughs> right now playing with all the toys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and and so I mean, it, does Kosh think he's a parent? Does he think he's he's helping everyone out here? I don't think we know that yet. Mm-mm. And why is it just Kosh? I wonder. I mean, we really don't see any other Vorlons. So maybe they're assigned to other locations. Yeah, they're helping out in other ways. All puppy properties follow you. Follow me on Twitter. <laughs> You're cute. He went on to say, Vorlons can be very invasive when they want to be for their own purposes. There's no Vorlon Prime Directive. Prime Directive is a Star Trek thing that you can't interfere in other races, other cultures. Huh. So we've talked about the Vorlons like have to be size too right before i think so because if, if you remember the episode where sheridan had morden locked up and kosh sends him an image yeah yeah so like he's projecting this into jakar's mind or whatever yeah. like they have uh they have the p 250 ability or something <laughs> 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 and they can manipulate what people see, too. Uh-huh. Why didn't Kosh do this sooner? Because Jakar needed to hit bottom before he'd be receptive. Because time doesn't mean to the Vorlons what it means to us. And because Jakar was mentally receptive due to the dust. Makes oh. sense. He did clarify it was Jakar's father in the first part. And in the second part, it was Jalan in angelic form. I think we, all we've heard of Jalan is that Natas' father was a follower of Jalan and Jakar's family was a follower of Jaquan. Oh, we're supposed to figure this oh. out? <laughs> no, but he did. I think somebody was asking about who that was exactly, and he answered it. Why would it be Why would it be the deity that Jakar's family doesn't Kosh follow? Kosh is like, oops, my I bad. Yeah, I was the wrong one. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> oh, wait, let me change right <laughs> quick. <laughs> that was that trickster Vorlon that decided to to do another deity. Yeah, and they had already projected one to the to the population. So after this, we see Beer is watching over Londo in Medbay, even though he's hurt himself. Franklin says Londo's going to be all right. Yay! 
<laughs> it was just a nice moment for Veer there. Yeah. Yeah. I like that he cares so much. Jakar is appearing before a judge. He pleads guilty. Sheridan speaks on Jakar's behalf, saying he was not acting rationally or deliberately, but judge doesn't agree because he sought out Londo. So she sentences him to no less than 60 days in jail. I hope those 60 days go by fast because (laughs) I really don't just want to. Well, we probably won't see him for a couple episodes or something, but I really don't want to just sit and watch him meditating. No, I want to see him like in a wife beater singing like Swing Low, Sweet Chariot. (laughs) (laughs) Against the bars of his cell, doing push-ups. Joins a prison gang. They go that way? Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. It reminds me of the first season of that X-Men cartoon when Beast was in jail the whole time. It got on my nerves. Like, get him out of jail and with the rest of the team. Gosh. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Garibaldi tries to give him the Book of Jaquan back, but Jakar says he can keep it because he's closer to the source. Yep. Interesting. Plus, he needs to yeah. translate it still. Yeah. <laughs> We're finding out Garibaldi hasn't even started reading it. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> Veer is bringing Londo a beverage. Veer regrets not being able to stop uh, Jakar, but Londo says he would just gotten beaten up. <laughs> okay, um, question about this whole, about the trial part. Sorry, um, yeah. going back. Uh, I found it interesting that the Centauri didn't try to take measures against Jakar. Like, I know that he is... Um, like he's called for sanctuary or whatever and they can't like come in and get him but I'm surprised that they didn't show up and be like he will give him to us because I mean they're killing 500 Narn for every one Centauri and no Londo didn't die but I'm surprised that there weren't bigger consequences than just a trial on Babylon 5 maybe I I don't know the only thing I could think is well one obviously maybe they just didn't want to put it in the episode but right, the other is like there wasn't enough time. Mm-hmm. If you want to say there's a in in universe reason for it, maybe Lando doesn't want anything that could get his private, you know, what he saw in his head out in the open. Yeah, so maybe he wants him contained to B five. I think that's those are all very good thoughts. And then if you think about the Centauri way of life, there's other Centauri that would definitely want to know what Jakar knows at that point too. Uh huh. So. That's true. And that could actually become a thing. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So Beer has to go back to Minbar, has to leave that night. And Londo thinks it's good because it shows he's valuable. And Garibaldi is rushing Bester off the station because those inhibitors will be wearing off soon. Just <laughs> <laughs> like, come on, let's get going. Go. <laughs> yeah, get out of here. And another psych hop arrived. I think we've seen her before. That's Walter Koenig's real life wife. Oh, really? Uh, okay. Yeah. She looked familiar. Couldn't have gotten there two minutes sooner because he needed her. Apparently, she was trying to get through to him, but couldn't. And Bester explains that he thought all along that this dust idea wouldn't work because after five years, they still don't have an acceptable telepath. But at least they got it away from those aliens and back amongst the humans. Oh, where my it gosh. Okay. Are they trying to build, like, a psi army or something? Like, what is the purpose? Something like that. Is this stuff represents a danger to them if they're near somebody that's on it? So they must really want to get more telepaths. And the only thing I could think of is that they're building a psyarm. 
I don't well, think this is... Well, to say that the telepaths would be on their side? I mean, yeah. <laughs> the core's mother, the core's father. I don't think it's clear, and I don't know if they want to get more telepaths or if they want to make their telepaths stronger with this stuff, too. But wasn't he saying, like, it? just the way he was saying it made it sound like they were trying to find latent telepathic mm-hmm. abilities among the population. Yeah. Mm. <clears throat> I mean, I don't really actually think they're, like, trying to build an actual army, per se. But, like, to get more people to be sized for nefarious reasons. Increase their numbers. Increase their numbers. Yeah. And identify them before, you know, they would be, like, some kind of resistance size or something. But I, I, I just look- feel like this episode would have been more interesting if we had known this all along. I don't like... I guess I just don't really think it works very well to throw it in at the end. I don't know. I, I would think have it's felt a like more of a purpose. The, I think it's a lesson for you in the future of Vester's always coming at them with at least one or two angles. Right. <laughs> so I'm looking at a Easter picture. Um, Jakar is in jail and he hears the voice of Father Kosh. Or <laughs> and that's the end of the episode. Yep. So I don't know if the end credit music is the same on the DVDs, but they it changed in this episode. But they might have made it the same for the DVDs because it's closer to what the opening credits sound like. Turns out JMS just forgot to change the end credits. So they were so busy working on the opening credits. Hmm. <laughs> so that's six episodes. They finally remembered to do it. <laughs> I'll have to pay attention because it might be the same like for the whole season. So he mentioned Bester. He said that they decided a while back that the next time we saw him, he either had to win or he had to be right. If he just lost outright again, it would, he would lose credibility. He's a fascinating guy, a creep, and I wouldn't trust him for a second, but he's fascinating nonetheless. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Elodie Ivanova said, I've tried to construct a small emotional arc and that when she arrived, she was the new kid, but was a bit uncomfortable and responded by being very formal, very businesslike, a bit on the snide side. As she's gotten more comfortable with the job and the people around her, she's relaxed a bit around her co-workers. But if somebody crosses her, as Bester tends to do, she lets fly with some pretty sharp lines. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was really good in this episode. I like that Sheridan just came out and said he didn't like him. That was pretty Yes. <laughs> Everybody's being so truthful in that scene. Yeah. So do you want the polite way or the real <laughs> way? I was glad he was real. Yeah. <clears throat> the whole command staff is um, getting more aggressive. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. United against Bester. Was Delenn in that? She wasn't in that scene because it was just the command staff. Yeah. Yeah. And all of the Mumbari so size. I guess they feel a little bit more emboldened now with the whole turmoil in the government. Mm-hmm. So quotes, do we have any quotes? Uh, let's see. <clears throat> I have one. Um, this is a conversation. It's a little bit longer, but it's funny. Um, Bester says, if I had my talent working, I could have warned you when he was coming. Garibaldi. And if I had a baseball bat, we could hang you from the ceiling and play piñata. Bester. A piñata, huh? So you think of me as something bright and cheerful, full of toys and candy for young children? Thank you. That makes me feel better about our relationship. Mm-hmm. I have one. Veer says they are deeply, deeply spiritual people. And Londo says, yes, 
Now that you can leave in. It always scares people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was what I had. I think this is the same conversation, beer. Lando, are you deliberately trying to drive me insane? Lando, the universe is already mad. Anything else would be redundant. <laughs> I don't have it in front of me, too, but Sheridan has one of the best lines, too. Of, Nothing ruins a Psychops day like a level of the playing field. Yeah. Nice. That's one where Bester would say that he's in pursuit of an individual who's a danger to your station, Earth, and Psychor. And as Garibaldi said, that's two legitimate things to worry about. Uh, Susan says it, I think. Yeah. Susan, okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so when they're discussing what to do with Buster, Franklin says, I will not support murder. We cannot kill him. And Bonova says, can we wound him just a little? <laughs> Please. So insistent. On- <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's do our characters of the week. Who is human of the week? Ugh. I have Bester. I know he's not likable, but it's enjoyable when he's on the show. Uh, How's it going Garibaldi or Ivanova? What? Uh, Hasn't been Garibaldi in a long time. It would have been Ivanova if she would have actually blown him up. <laughs> this is a hard. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull a Carl and say the shop owner. <laughs> I'm gonna go Garibaldi because I'm sorry, but I just can't give it to Bester. I can't give it to Bester either. Yeah, it's like two for Garibaldi. I'm going to call it for Garibaldi. Yeah, I can live with that. That's one. You had to put up with Bester. <laughs> like, there's characters that you love to hate. Uh-huh. I just hate him. <laughs> <laughs> so who's our alien of the week? Jakar. Jakar. Yeah. Hulk Jakar. Hulk Jakar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so somebody with Photoshop abilities. I want to see a hulked out Jakar. Green skin. And I know you can do what? it. Dumbledore Kosh? Dumbledore Kosh, yeah. <laughs> but the Michael Gambone version. No, no, no. no the Richard Harris <laughs> version. Just kidding, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I meant to put it up last week, and I don't have those kind of skills, but there, just to answer your question, there is a code off trading card, and I will <gasps> get it up there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Awesome. <laughs> Brian, you have copy paste skills. I believe in you. Oh, well, I did, and I just kept putting the whole website up. So I'll work on it. Oh. Later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so let's rate this episode. You want to start us out, Brian? Um, you know, I really, I really like this, and it's more of a character-driven episode than a plot-driven episode. Um, and and one of the things that I think Merritt's pointing out is. After watching this episode, I know everyone's busy, but if you watched about five minutes of the pilot, you could see just how far both Londo and Jakar have come to this point. And we're almost at the middle of the show entirely, I think, at this point. Um, but long story, I'm going to give this 8.5 mountains falling on you out of 10. Awesome. How about you, Heidi? Um, I feel like I needed to like skew my ratings for this season lower because I feel like I'm using the same rating almost every week um, because this was really good and it it did a lot. I feel like going forward, this is going to have very big impact. And although I wasn't terribly thrilled about the Bester Garibaldi team up, it um, it was more enjoyable the second time. Um, but I'm going to give this one, uh, I think it's going to get an 
8.5 hulked out jacars. Awesome. How about you, Elizabeth? Uh, I don't know. Um, this one, I think it had some good stuff in it. I agree. And I think I agree that, you know, we've come a long way. Um, and so we have all this past stuff to work from and they don't have to spend so much time, you know, establishing things. They can just get right into it. But I feel like like it had a lot of filler and I don't care about dust. And I feel like if we had known that the size were up to something with it at the beginning, it would have been a more interesting episode for me. Um, I generally am not a fan of uh, scenes in movies and TV shows when somebody is high. I just don't, it doesn't interest me at all. Um, even if they're getting information from it, I just, I don't know why. It's just my personal preference. So that kind of didn't do it for me. Um, and I don't know. I, it was, it was pretty good, but it really, I it was not my favorite. It just, and it wasn't because of anything bad about the episode. It was just not something that really appealed to me that much. Um, so I'm going to give it a seven Mimbari dressing gowns, I guess, out of ten. Ah, uh, you stole my rating. Ah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, episode wasn't bad. I thought it was going to be, I guess in my mind, it was better than it was. Because Bester was back and then there was the Jakar stuff. But it was pretty good. It wasn't that bad. But on the strength of, I guess, the Jakar scenes and... Yeah, I kind of always like having Bester on the show. I guess just having him around. The strength of those two alone, I'll give it 8 out of 10 packets of dust. That gives it a solid 8. Can I ask you guys a question? Mm-hmm. Sure. When you're on Skype and you hear other people in your in your headphones, I mean your headset, do you like assign them like a visual place in your mind? Like where they're sitting? Yeah, like like if if like it was a whole three D thing. Like in my mind, like Will is to my left, Ian is like to my. <laughs> it's just it's weird. I don't know why. Do you guys have like this visual representation of where somebody is? I just I imagine everyone's at their computer. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I don't mean like what they're. No, doing. I, mean, I meant like in their office. Like or in whatever. my head, yeah, yeah. In my head, like Will's like to the left. Heidi's to the right, and Ian is usually to, like, my corner. Huh. Is that just me? <laughs> Maybe, it might be. But for some reason, Heidi, right now, you're in Ian's spot. Oh, What's yeah? Wrong with me? <laughs> yes. You see? Ian's chair yeah. was more comfortable. So. <laughs> it's very weird. So I'm the only one. Okay. <laughs> it's cool, though. It's like yeah. Star Wars. <laughs> I thought about actually broadcast. I may do that next time. Well, not when I'm in Carol, maybe in a couple of weeks. I thought about trying that Periscope thing out and broadcasting myself while I'm podcasting. It'd be pretty boring, but you know, might be interesting <laughs> to see what I'm. This, huh? Periscope. Yeah, it's a new app that a lot of people are starting to use now. They just live broadcast themselves. Huh. Is it like Twitch? I think it's kind of like that. I haven't tried it yet, but that's what it sounds like. But what it. Where is it? What is it seeing? It's just seeing what your phone is seeing. That's what I think. Wherever your phone is, like like if it's in your purse, it's just seeing the the contents of your purse. I think so. I I have to try it out and see what it does. Seems like it would drain your battery quite. Yeah. 
oh, well, let's <laughs> take some dust and take a trip <laughs> to feedback land. <laughs> <coughs> or not. Our first piece of feedback is a comment from Board99. I'll take this one. Board says, Dust to Dust is another episode that's hard to talk about without spoilers. The Jakar story is more interesting, the more interesting of the two plots, but it's also the one that is left open without a precise conclusion. The viewer doesn't know exactly what the consequences of Jakar's change of heart are for the moment, but some thoughts anyway. This is the first down payment on the promise of a day in the strife. If Jakar is going to refuse to submit to the Centauri, and in doing so expose other innocent Narn to Centauri retaliation, then his life has to have some higher moral purpose. That option, the option one for Jakar would be to interpret this as imposing a duty on him to kill Londo is inevitable, especially in light of their confrontation and convictions. But two other earlier episodes are also critical to the story. Midnight on the firing line in which Jakar and the Narn provoke Londo in an attempt to kill Jakar. And my favorite, the coming of shadows in which Jakar himself almost kills Turhan. In other words, B5 has already been more than clear that the solution that Jakar is pursuing to his moral problem is the wrong option. Which is where the problem with dust to dust that you point out in the commentary comes in. Jakar's religious revelation that he's pursuing the wrong cause is the product of Kosh manipulating him. One possible way out of this is to focus on an earlier scene that isn't part of Kosh's manipulations, but may be equally important when Jakar discovers that Londo's appointment was a joke. This is really something that should come as a surprise to Jakar. Think back to season one, Londo. What it shows, I think, is that Londo has become a monstrous and colossal figure in Jakar's mind, utterly dehumanized. Not that, not actually dehumanized, but you know what I mean. Mm. The fact that Jakar can now perceive Londo as laughable and humiliated, even though Jakar cannot possibly sympathize with that humiliation, and can only rejoice in it. It's a sign that he's beginning to reduce Londo, and by extension this Centauri, to more normal dimensions. Mm, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Board. Yeah, thanks, Board. Yeah, that's uh, interesting. I, I agree, I agree. Next we have email from Lori and Carl. I can take that one. Hello, Ambassadors, Commanders, and Visitor. When we saw Veer in the opening credits, both Carl and I said, we miss Veer, and he was back! Best part of the episode. (laughs) I agree. Here are notes from our commentary. When Ivanova was going to blow up Vester's ship, Sheridan stood behind her until he knew he had to say something to stop her. What would have happened if she had not stopped? Carl also thought they should blow up their ship. (laughs) I was pretty surprised that she was really going to do it. Were the ambassadors surprised? Yeah, a little. Yeah, I forgot that you do see Sheridan standing back there when he like, walks in. Uh-huh, like waiting. Um, yeah, I, was, I guess I was kind of surprised, but I was too busy cheering her on. So, mm-hmm. um, We were very excited to see Veer and loved his new clothes, the Mimbari coat of welcome. <laughs> it was interesting to see the Mimbari telepaths and nice to have the callback of Talia Winters. Carl guessed at that point that Bester must have a way to overcome the drug, and that was why he submitted to it. Yes, it was a whole Iocane powder thing, was my Mm -hmm. prediction. It was good to see the Drazi again. Carl pointed out that the Centauri buffer zone is like what the Soviet Union did after World War II. They should have had Veer handle it. 
Carl liked the quote from Veer. One is afraid and one is angry. It is just hard to tell which is which. And that's paraphrased, she said. With the dust story, we were not surprised at all that Jakar was buying and used it himself, as he is willing to do anything for his cause. Carl commented that Jakar, under the effects of the drug, was a bit like a PSA. <laughs> <laughs> That's bad. Yeah. During Jakar's look into Londo's mind, the flashback to Centauri was interesting. Did the ambassadors notice how red Londo's coat was and how young he looked? Um, I don't notice his coat. Carl's thoughts on the Jakar dream sequence. After he came out of the Londo memories, all the rest was actually planted by Kosh. Old man was Jaquan, and the angel was Kosh as the Narn god. Loved the scenes with Bester and Garibaldi. We need a Bester Garibaldi buddy cop show. Carl was not surprised that Psychor was behind the dust. Anyone else? I hadn't thought about it till he said it, so. Yeah. Um, Carl's prediction slash hopes. Morden, through taking commands from the shadows, is interacting with the Psycops as a way to neutralize the Vorlons. Ooh. Carl would like to see a Psycop go up against Kosh. Oh, he, yeah. He would not do well, I don't think, any of them. Uh, Carl is also missing Mr. Morden. He makes the shadows more dangerous and gives them a voice. Dr. Morden. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, quotes, if missed, Lanier. A darkness in the heart cannot be cured by moving the body from one place to another place. Ivanova. Can we wound him? Just a little? <laughs> Carl's rating. Spaceship of episode. Bester's shuttle. Lie of episode. <laughs> Bester's bluff in the interrogation through Garibaldi. Setting of episode. Jakar's dream. Scarred landscape with his father. <laughs> Carl, I love your new ratings. Um... <laughs> Rating liked Bester, hated drug plot, but did like Jakar's epiphany through it. Zero honest liars. Human sassy shopkeeper. Hey! There you go. <laughs> it wasn't Carl that's rating. Two, that's two votes for him. Uh, <laughs> alien Kosh. Lori rating 7 out of 10 worst diplomatic report since dot dot dot. Um, human Bester Garibaldi team up and alien fear. Nice. Thanks, guys. Thank you, guys. Next, we have a Facebook comment from Mitch. Okay. A few comments about Dust to Dust. First, Veer is back. When he left a few epi episodes ago, one of the questions asked was, would that be his last episode? I think I missed this episode that where you guys were talking about this, because I never thought that Veer wasn't going to be back, I guess. I don't know. Um, Bester is back, and that always spells trouble. This time, he brought his wife. The psychop at the end is Walter Koenig's real-life wife. The look on Bester's face when he enters the captain's office and sees our friend Bill Blair as a Membari telepath is just priceless. Oh, He looks like a little boy who has just been told he can't have a puppy. <laughs> Even high on dust, Dakar only has eyes for Londo. Is that why <laughs> Natoth really left him? She couldn't handle the competition? <laughs> and finally, Kosh really does care about Jakar. When he saved Sheridan, it was only because the land told him to do it. No one else knows Kosh stepped in to stop Jakar and clear his mind. That's huge. Quote of the week. There is a difference between the position and the person occupying it at the moment. Alien of the week, Kosh. Human of the week, Susan. Nine out of ten, Angel Wings. <laughs> I like that we've gotten so many different quotes this week. Yeah. Thanks, I have Mitch. a question for Heidi and Elizabeth real quick, too. 
because um, I don't know this answer. Do you guys think Jakar knows that Kakashra's in his head or not? No. No. Uh, I don't think so at all. I think he believes he's having his own little religious epiphany. Mm-hmm. Next, we have email from Derek. I'll take this one. Dearest ambassadors. <laughs> I don't know why that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why you will. <laughs> At last, we have an episode concerning drug use. It doesn't feel like an after-school special on the dangers of Dr. Franklin taking stems. <laughs> <laughs> if they would have added more stem use into this one, it would have been way too over the top with the drug use. Yes. Yeah. What happens when you take dust and stems? Oh. <laughs> no. You get even more Hulk powers. <laughs> Although, didn't Jakar agree, agree with Garibaldi that as long as the activities were off station, Garibaldi would turn a blind eye? So, why didn't Jakar meet the generic looking drug dealer outside of the station? Not a big plot hole. Just usually B5 catches these things before they make air. Mm. Maybe he's not safe off the station. Yeah. Like, as soon as he steps yeah. off the station. <laughs> They're waiting for him. Yeah. <laughs> this may be way too tangential, but every time Bester comes to the station, they should make him say the phrase nuclear vessels. <laughs> I hope somebody recognizes the joke, but if not, it's a Star Trek for Futurama reference. I have that seen Star see. Trek 4, so I get it. If I were to think a mountain was falling on me, I might feel a squish instead of flailing, or flailing around hitting everybody. Just saying. <laughs> like it's, apparently, some of the celebrations on Minbar are... I don't know that Lu- word. Luau's. Okay. Oh, that's an L. Okay. <laughs> Luau's. His beer has quite the loud Hawaiian shirt on. Mm-hmm. Next, he will say he's discovered this delicious dish called poi. Bought, brought a ukulele and talk about how Don Ho was the first prophet before Valen in the Bari culture. Nice. Nobody cares. We get a nice story of evil best for Human of the Week and a nice flashback to Dr. Morton rating this story of seven and a half fun and delightfully candy filled pinatas. Mm-hmm. That rating is taken. Seven and a half ukuleles from the planet Minbar. Kosh who chooses not to help anyone in the room, including the nice Centauri with the broken arm, the mean Centauri with the head injury, or the coked-out Narn gets Alien of the Week <laughs> award as I am too scared to anger him, lest he starts messing with my dreams. Nice. <laughs> thanks, Derek. Yeah, thanks, Derek. I'm just thinking of Kosh just standing there watching Lando get beat up. Yep. <laughs> Wait for it. Maybe he pushed a... Uh... <laughs> Maybe he pushed a button on the way out, like, calling for security or something, so that at least they would be found. No. Yeah. Probably not, <laughs> I know. Next, we have email from Melanie W. I'll take this think, one. I think other Melanie has abandoned us, so... <laughs> uh, she probably got behind. Yeah. Uh, hi, down below. Veer's back, finally. And then he leaves again. Oh, well. The job on Mimbar is, as Londo said, no joke. Londo also had a few things to say about the reports, which Beer didn't seem too happy about. I'm looking forward to hearing your thoughts about Jakar. The first time I watched this, I remember being surprised at the end. He was almost asking to be sent to prison. Oh, I have a comment about the... Uh, this is me, not Melanie. I have a comment about the first part about um, Beer coming back. It's it's interesting because it's sort of like... After you've like gone either on vacation or like just gone out and had a really good time and then you come home and everything's just, I don't know, everybody's like 
not as excited as you are. Have you ever had that happen? And, well, yeah. <laughs> you know, and so it's sort of like Vera's like on this high of all oh, the Mubari are awesome. And then he comes back and Londo's just, you know, the same. He's Londo. And <laughs> yeah, their life is going on. Yeah. So, yes, Vera had that happen. Anyway, um, Bester and Garibaldi made an effective team, but Garibaldi didn't seem to like the idea of doing it again. No. Rating 8.8. Bonus for Veer being back, 0.5. Final rating, 9.3 positions that aren't a joke. Ooh, high rating. Yeah. Human of the Week, Ivanova. Alien, Veer. Quotes, Bester. I'm in pursuit of an individual who's dangerous to your station, Earth, and the Psycor. Ivanova. Well, that's two legitimate things to worry about. Um, we've done the the pinata quote. Uh, Ivanova, defense grid, prepare to fire. Now, if only it would have happened. Um, okay, I don't think we did this whole one. Veer. Well, that could have gone better. Delenn. Yes, one is foolish, the other frightened. Veer. Telling which one is which, that's the hard part. You know, while I have you here, I want to thank you for helping me with my assignment on Minbar. At first, I didn't think that I would like it there, but the longer I stayed, the harder it is for me to leave. Sometimes I think Londo could use a visit there. I think it would do him good. Lanier, a darkness carried in the heart cannot be cured by moving the body from one place to another. I don't think there is anything that can be done for him now. Veer, that's because you don't know him. Someday he'll surprise you. I hope so, for Veer's sake. Um, Londo, they see the value in your position. It should never be a joke to them, Veer. Never let them think that. Veer. I won't. Best regards, Melanie, the Krakovian Veer fan. Thanks, Melanie. Thank you, Melanie. I find it interesting that Lanier is basically writing Londo off completely. Yeah. I sort of think Delenn is, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think Delenn is, but she's more patient than Lanier, nonetheless, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lanier's still young. Next, we have an email from Yan. Okie dokie. Hello, Down Bellowers. Here is some feedback for Babylon 5 Season 3, Episode 6, Dust to Dust. A bit late, just back from some travel, so here is a bit of feedback. Veer is back. That did not take long, (laughs) if only just for an episode. And Bester is back, as usual, with his scheming and plotting. Two plots weaved into one. The search for the dust dealer and Jakar's journey. I like that. And a small subplot with Veer, Delenn, and the negotiation. I just love the face of Bester when he realizes that he has met his match. It is priceless. <laughs> and then he goes on to talk about trust. With him, never. Especially if you are Ivanova. His little bluff at the interrogation took Garibaldi by surprise. And it shouldn't have. The whole Londo Jakar scene is just so well played. Question to Heidi and Elizabeth. When did you figure out that the voice of the Narns talking to Jakar was Kosh. When it showed him. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, did did he say we've always been here before it showed him or after? It was before. Actually, I did sort of have a a moment when, like, he was seeing the angel-looking thing. That was when I was, like, kind of it entered my mind a touch. I definitely was thinking about it when the angel was showing, but I can't remember if that was before or after uh, uh-huh. they showed Kosh. Uh, it was before, because they show Kosh after it's all done. Like, he's standing okay. in the doorway after it's all finished. Yeah, because that really looked like all the other angels that we had seen, uh-huh. you know, that one episode. So, yeah. Um, 
And how long do you think this transformation of Jakar will last? Oh, good question. Depends on his prison experiences, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's going to be a complete change. Like, I don't think that, I don't think it's a fleeting thing, unless maybe he finds out that, uh, that he didn't actually have a religious experience. But I think it's going to be like a, a change of character, basically. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think he might, though I think he might eventually find out that it was not, you know, yeah. that Kosh but was behind by it. by then the change of character will mm-hmm. have changed him, you know right. what I mean? Like, Yeah, I yeah. Um, now for the favorites. Human, not because he is lovable, he is not, but he is so well played in this episode, Mr. Bester. Alien, I will have to go with Jakar. This is a massive Jakar episode. Quotes. This one has a lot of good quotes. Uh, there's the one about uh, foolish and frightened. Thanks. <laughs> um, there's Sheridan DeBester. Nothing like a level playing field to ruin a Psychops day. Am I right, Mr. Bester? Um, Franklin uh, about wounding him. Oh, I, did we t- I don't know if we did this one. Franklin on Mr. Bester. On the other hand, maybe wounding him wasn't such a bad idea after all. Um, the Londo universe redundant. And then, um, episode rating. I love this episode, the revelation of Jakar, and I am looking forward to seeing how that develops. So I give this episode nine out of 10 failed negotiations. That's all for me. Be careful for you may have reached the point of no return. Yan, the Babylon lurker. Thanks. Yan, as always. Thanks everybody. Yeah. Thanks for feedback. That's a good feedback. This episode. Uh, that is mail at downbelowpodcast.com or the Facebook group or the website or head over to iTunes leave us a review. Yay. Let's do some predictions. See, so the next episode is called Exogenesis. <laughs> <laughs> and go. <laughs> Exogenesis. I don't even know what that means. Is that a real word? I'm sure it is. I think it is. Yeah, I think so. Sheesh. Um, Genesis means the beginning. Um, I feel like I've heard this word. Uh, exogenesis, the hypothesis that life originated elsewhere and was spread to Earth. Oh! Ah. <laughs> oh my goodness. I knew I'd heard that. Okay. Well... In this universe, that's obvious, right? Because <laughs> maybe we're going to get more of the old ones because that's where life originated elsewhere. Uh, uh, that's interesting. I don't know. I don't know enough about the, the term still to... Are they saying that, like... I don't even want to know. Okay. Um, <laughs> I don't think it means that, like, humans began elsewhere and spread to Earth. Well, like no, just, obviously you know, there's... Fossil records proving, you know, evolution, but like, I don't know. It's just, oh, it's interesting. So maybe, yeah, but maybe we'll learn a little bit more about how the Vorlons have manipulated. Um, it just seems so on the nose. I don't know. Um, yeah, but okay. Maybe like more about how the Vorlons have manipulated, um, like, our species or our planet. Um, so, okay. What do we think is going to happen with the president? Do we think he's going to get through this? He seems like a pretty cunning guy. Um, 
I don't know. That's like the storyline that I'm interested in the least. <laughs> oh, really? Really. I don't really, I don't know. For some reason, I just don't really care. Maybe it's because it's happening on Earth and we're not seeing enough of it. But um, yeah, I'm just kind of like, okay, well, I guess there's always like political, um, like stories about politicians, you know, that could or could not uh, ruin their career and maybe he'll get impeached or something and maybe he won't. But I feel like he's a very cunning guy and um, this isn't going to hurt him really. Hmm. I'm like so interested in what's happening on earth. Um, like that's my most, I guess that's what I want to know the most about is just, you know, what's happening behind the scenes and, you know, who's kind of running this whole thing. I mean, where is this directive coming from about <clears throat> the ministry of peace? And uh, like, it just seems so heavy handed right now. I hope we get a little bit more like about where it's coming from rather than just like having to just be this evil, you know, antagonist. Mm-hmm. Um, but you guys, I, sorry, go ahead. Keep going. Oh, I was just going to say, I do think that like Jakar at some point will have to make a sacrifice. We'll have to make it, will sacrifice himself or make some kind of sacrifice based on this that we found out. Um, it just makes me think about why Kosh is, is asking him to sacrifice. Like what is he doing some kind of test? Is this like, like how powerful are the Vorlons? Yeah. Like if they are, like if they are gods or you know have like the powers of a deity like then they know like everything like do they know the future they know you know everything that has happened before everything that will happen mm-hmm. kind of a thing like are they that powerful or like i sort of we know that there are psychics and that can at least um because th- there was that one the one centauri one that um yes right saw that one yeah the, so we know that like they exist yeah and um so i feel like maybe the vorlons do have that power of some sort so so yeah their like level of power is very interesting to me like yeah, they're probably I, what i'm interested in the most right i feel like it's so irresponsible and i to bring up the idea of people being able to see the future without explaining this whole thing so I, I think we'll probably get more about that um, because is it just the Centauri that can see the future? Um, and what is it about the future then that makes it so seeable? You know what I mean? Um, yeah. It just, it's just a, a concept that you can't just use lightly because it's very, I mean, it's ridiculous. If, you know, like it, it's not a real thing. So it's like, to to say that there the future can be seen, you must have some other statement to be making then about the mm-hmm. universe, about what's happening. So right. to just have it thrown in there as a quirk of the Centauri species would be just irresponsible to me. Uh-huh. So yeah, well, and it's like they the Centauri anyway can't control what they see. Like they see their deaths, mm-hmm. and that one uh, woman could see like certain things, but they would just come to her. It wasn't like she was all knowing and knew everything. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But in theory, they can see certain things. Right. Um, so, I mean, it, I guess you could say that it was a lucky guess that she said there he was killed by shadows, but 
I don't know if that was what we're supposed to take from it. So right, right. Um, and it's like some things would be a self fulfilling prophecy, maybe like their deaths. So if they expect to die this way, then maybe they put themselves in the situation where they do die this way, or they can't change it at all. You know, it's like it's the whole philosophical debate, I guess, that makes my head hurt. Yeah, <laughs> sort of like the time travel thing. <laughs> exactly, you can't think about it too much. Yeah, but yeah, no, I. I really, yeah, I would like to know. I would love to see the Vorlons interacting with the other old ones, too. Like, what would that look like, you know? Yeah. Yes, I want to see a council of the old ones. I want to oh see my. shadows, Vorlons in their form, <laughs> and big face masks, guys. Yes. The disco, disco ball ship people. Ball ships. Yeah. yeah. We, uh, uh, we, we talked a lot about how this affects Jakar. Do you guys have any thoughts on how this might affect Londo and or Veer? Today's episode. I don't think Veer is much changed. Veer seems to, he's pretty steady and consistent. Um, but Londo, I don't know, maybe he's going to get more angry. <laughs> I don't know. I think he's going to fear Jakar in a way because he knows all of this. Yeah, that's that's something you don't want. I mean, that's stuff that his people don't even know, right? I mean, now I think after he washed his hands of Dr. Warden, um, didn't like... Rifa start working with him or something? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. But so but still Rifa very few people know. Yeah. About the spider. Or he's like doesn't care. <laughs> well, yeah. Um and he might cuz there was that video. Yeah. I think Veer might eventually become like more of an ally with the uh Mimbari, you know. Yeah. Maybe it comes down to him choosing sides and maybe he chooses the side that the Mimbari are on. I don't know. I mean, I can see it going that way. Um, if, if they continue to use beer, hopefully, um, that's why I think he should be working with Sinclair. Wow. That would so, I just want to, oh my God, that would be so amazing. (sighs) I mean, I know we like wouldn't see it, but like if he would come back and report to like our council of, uh, whatever they're calling themselves, council of light, um, then that would be awesome. That would be awesome. I mean, we we could hold out hope that there's a scene with them, but <sighs> yeah. And um, I think that this is because uh, we hadn't really we've had like kind of a break from the size a little bit. You know, we haven't had a lot this season about the size, so I think that this is a start again of more information about what the size are doing um, and how you know they're tied up with the government. So not a lot of predictions for Exogenesis, <laughs> but. <laughs> no. Yeah, I feel like they had to sort of, since JMS like had to get rid of Talia, I feel like he had to um, go a different route with the size in bringing that back in. And so this is probably the beginning of that, like you were saying. Yeah, good. Yay. I guess that's all for me. Yeah, me too. Okay. Okay, Brian, thank you for joining us this week. Oh, thank you guys. Good to have you back. Always a thrill. Yeah. Hey, yeah, come back. Yeah. Do you have video reminders where else we can find you on the internet? Just on Facebook and then Babylon 5 group. Yep. Or down below, I should say. Yeah. Oh, cool. And I will try to get that Kodoth picture. Yes, please. (laughs) Yes. Yes, tease us with that and then not produce. That's right. All right, well, that's all we have for this week, folks. We'll be back next time with Exogenesis, whatever that means. (laughs) 
But until then, goodbye. Bye. Bye. Stroke off. Look for us on the web in iTunes and on Stitcher Radio. Also, downbelowpodcast.com, facebook.com slash group slash downbelowpodcast, and twitter.com slash downbelowcast.